Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. Christmas. I love this um, nativity scene that Sarah, our resident geologist, set up. I think it's great. It's got a bit of an Aussie theme. We've been looking at Christmas as written by Luke uh, in the Bible. What's interesting to me is uh, the character of Luke, who he was, and why he wrote this Christmas story. Because in Luke, you actually know who wrote it, Luke, and we know why he wrote it. He wrote it to a a chap called Theophilus, who was probably a Roman soldier, high up, probably a high up Roman soldier. And he wrote Luke and Acts. They are one book. And he wrote it to Theophilus so that he could tell him that the truth of the gospel, as he'd read it, um, had heard it, is actually true. This is how Luke starts his letter. He said, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning And I've decided to write to you an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. So what we have here is Luke, who was a really highly educated man. If you you, uh, can read Greek, uh, the Greek that Luke wrote is really classically highly educated Greek. So it wasn't just Greek with a bit of lingo like Paul wrote. It was this guy that's obviously really highly educated. And he investigated carefully everything and wrote it down. So we've got that account. So I want to read to you what Luke actually wrote about the birth of Jesus. This is starting at Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken to the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger." Suddenly a great crowd um, of a company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned to the fields, praising and glorifying God for all that they'd seen and heard, which was just as they had been told. Now, this is interesting to me because we've got Luke who said, I've carefully investigated everything so that you know that you've got the facts. And then in his story, he's got that one little line that I find fascinating where he said, but Mary treasured up all these things and thought about them deeply. How did Luke know that? Like some of the details, they're actually fact. The events that happened. So the fact that there was no room available, that was an event that happened. Born in a shed, put in a manger, the shepherds visiting, the story of the angel. All these things are events that happened that could have been passed on from one person to the other. So Luke could have spoken to someone who spoke to someone whose brother was there, who saw it happen. So it could have been events that got around and people told about. But actually Mary saying... I treasured these things in my heart and thought about them deeply. No one knew that fact except Mary. And Luke wrote it down. The one person who knew how Mary felt was Mary herself. So this is how I like to imagine it happening. The Gospel of Luke was written about 60 AD. And if Mary was a young teenager, maybe 14 or 15, when she gave birth to her first son, she would have been about 70 to 80 when Luke produced his gospel. I like to imagine that Luke, the investigator, who wanted to know the truth, went and sought out an eyewitness who was actually there. By this time, Joseph had passed away. And he actually went and found Mary and knocked at a door and said, I'm Luke, I'm writing an account so that people will know that it's the truth because we don't want rumour, we want to know the truth, the facts, and I'm investigating. And I can imagine him saying, can I get your take on the story? What do you say happened? And I can imagine Mary inviting him in and said, young man, I'll tell you what happened. So today what we're going to do for just a moment is imagine what happened when Luke sat down with Mary and heard the story. Now, I don't know for sure it happened like that, but just the fact that Luke, a couple of times in his gospel, talked about how Mary felt, I get the feeling that Luke may have actually talked to her and said what happened. So I can imagine Luke saying, tell me what it was like on the day Jesus was born. And Mary, who'd seen so much in her life, if she's now 70 or 80... I can imagine her not answering for a moment as she thought back all those years before to the birth of her firstborn. My firstborn was born 24 years ago, yet I can remember it clearly. There are some events in your life that you will never forget the details. One of them is the birth of your children. And so I can imagine Mary with her thoughts, and I can imagine Luke saying to her, it's okay if you can't remember it clearly, and I can imagine Mary saying, I remember it clearly, as if it happened yesterday, because I treasured these things in my heart, and I've thought deeply about them, especially because of what came after. And so Mary began to tell the story, starting with the visit from the angel, that came to her and said, you will give birth to a son. And as she told her story, I can imagine Luke writing it down because Mary's memory was still strong. And she treasured those things in her heart and she thought about them deeply. And so these details were still there, especially because of what happened 
after. And I can imagine Mary telling Luke about the shepherds and how Joseph and her and the baby were alone in the stable when all of a sudden the door burst open and shepherds came in. And they were so excited and then they saw Jesus lying in the manger and, and they were really excited about it all and, and they told Mary the story about the angels and it was amazing and, and they'd run to be there and they were praising God and it was a stable that was full of joy and celebration and, and wonder and Mary would have told Luke, you should have heard the story they told when they came in and they were so excited and as they told the story they got more and more excited and I can imagine Luke writing it down. And he wrote down. So they hurried off to find Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they'd seen him, the word spread concerning him about what had been told about the child. And I can imagine Mary. The memory was amazing. And I can imagine it brought a smile to her face. I forgot the PowerPoint. I think we've got one. Max, it's not working. You have to go down one. There's Mary thinking about it. <laughs> go to the next one. The shepherds looking at the baby. But then I can imagine Mary thinking about what happened later when 30 years later he was with his disciples and he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Next one, Max. And I can remember, I can imagine her remembering how instead of running to see Jesus, they ran away from Jesus because they didn't want to be associated with him. And I can imagine how instead of, she remembered how instead of praising him, Peter cursed and said, I don't even know him. And I can imagine her thinking, what a contrast. When he was born, the shepherds ran and praised. When he was arrested, the disciples ran away and cursed. And I can, remember, I can imagine her thinking, that's my son, the one the shepherds rushed to, the disciples ran away from. And it said, Mary thought about these things deeply. And I can imagine her being lost in thought and then Luke interrupting and saying, tell me something else about the birth. And I can imagine Mary looking at him and smiling and remembering her first crib that she put her saviour in. Next one, Maxie. Not like you would expect the saviour of the world to be laid in. I can imagine Mary telling him about the journey to Bethlehem and finding no room, and not even their relatives in town, because there would have been a lot, not even them would take her in. I can imagine her telling Luke the scandal of her being pregnant and not being married and about how she was shunned by the community and even her own family and how Joseph had thought about calling the wedding off because it wasn't his child but how God had spoken to him and how he was obedient and took her as his wife anyway. And I can imagine her telling him about Bethlehem and the innkeeper and, and offering the stable out the back. And she told Luke the story of how she gave birth in the stable and they used whatever they could find for the baby. And, and all they could find was this feed box. And so they put Jesus in cloths that they found in the stable and they laid him right there in the feed box. And it was rough, but it was comfortable and it was fairly clean because the animals were out in the fields. And, and so she gave birth right there in that stable. What an amazing birth story and the shepherds and all. And Luke wrote all of this down. But then I can also imagine her thoughts drifting as she remembered at the end of his life, he wasn't carefully wrapped in cloths. Instead, he was stripped by the Roman soldiers. And he wasn't carefully and tenderly held. 
Instead, he was whipped and beaten. And I can imagine Mary thinking, right there at the start of his life, I carefully laid him in a wooden manger, but at the end of his life, they roughly laid him on a wooden cross. And I can imagine Mary thinking, I didn't understand what would come later. His birth story and his death story, what a contrast. And it says, Mary pondered these things greatly. I wonder if one of the things she pondered over the years was the difference, the contrast between the manger and the cross. Such a contrast. And so we have these things that Mary could have pondered. She could have pondered the shepherds running to Jesus to praise him and the disciples running away. She could have pondered the contrast between the wooden manger and the wooden cross. And I can imagine Luke waiting to write these things down. And then I can imagine Mary coming back to the present again and Luke's there waiting and is there anything else? And I can imagine her telling him of the shepherd's story. And I can imagine her saying, I told you how the shepherds ran to Jesus, but you should have seen their story. You should have heard their story about how they were relaxed on a dark night and the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around and and it was an amazing thing. And can you imagine it? Their dark night was filled with lightness and what an incredible sight. And so Luke began to write down what Mary had said that the shepherds had told her and about how the choir of angels came down and, and she even remembered the words they said. And so Luke wrote it down. He said, the angel the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around and suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared and and so Luke wrote what Mary was telling her and I can imagine Luke and Mary laughing at the thought of the shepherds in the dark when the light suddenly came and they were so scared and afraid and and then God's praises ring out and I can imagine them laughing about it but then I can imagine Mary drifting off in thought to remember what came after a long time after where instead of light filling the darkness, and instead of God's glory shining around, I can imagine her remembering when she was actually standing there watching her son be crucified, and how darkness filled the land, and how Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I can imagine her thinking about the contrast between God's glory shining around and praises being sung and darkness enveloping the land for several hours because the sun had gone out and Jesus crying, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Mary thought about these things deeply. The contrast between the birth of her son and the departure of her son. I wonder, as Luke wrapped up the interview, I wonder how it ended. I wonder if Mary said... Don't forget to tell everyone how I've thought deeply about all these things. It's interesting Luke uses that twice in his gospel about Jesus when he was little. He used it later in chapter 2 when they're talking about Jesus as a 12-year-old going to the temple. And it said Mary pondered these things, treasured them up in her heart. And that's what makes me suspect Luke might have actually gone and interviewed Mary and got how she felt. But what's interesting about the Christmas story And the crucifixion story is there is only one person who was a witness to both, and that was Mary. She was there at the birth, and we're told in the Gospel of John that she was standing right there at the death. It's an interesting thing to think about. 
And she was the one who, when he was born, would have breastfed him. Now, that thought to me is amazing that the king of the universe is breastfed by Mary. But that's what happened. And she would have fed him and she would have taken care of him and she would have, that very first Christmas, nurtured her son. Interesting that right at the end of his life, as he's hanging on the cross, he looks down at his mum and he looks at his best mate, John, and he says to John, take care of my mother now. I want you to look after her needs. And from that day on, his mum went and lived with his best mate, John, and she looked after him. And so we come back to that phrase, and Mary treasured up all these things, and she thought deeply about them in her heart. Mary, the only witness that was there at the birth in the stable and was there at the death at the crucifixion, she was the one who got given the promise that the Messiah has come, and she was there right at the end as she saw him die. She was the one who was told, this is God's son, he will be the saviour of the world, and she was right there at the death when she saw him breathe his last. But she was also there three days later when they saw him again, and her son, who had died, had come back to life. And she pondered these things greatly. You see, the Christmas story isn't a standalone story. I love the Christmas cards where you've got the nativity scene and you've got the, everyone there, the shepherds, and you've got Mary and Joseph and you've got the wise man who came later. And, and I love those stories, but it's not a standalone story because that baby grew up and then he went into ministry in his 30s and then he died a horrible death, but rose again. And Christmas and Easter are linked together. You can't separate one from the other. We don't have Christmas unless Easter follows. You can't have Easter unless we have Christmas. We don't have Christmas unless the baby really was the saviour of the world and saved the world from their sin and died and rose again. And you can't have a man dying and rising again if he wasn't God himself come to earth. And Mary pondered these things deeply in her heart. My prayer is, this Christmas, I'll celebrate with my family. We're going to the Bunyan Mountains. We'll have roast lamb on Christmas Day. We'll have way too much food. We'll have my kids together, um, us as a family. We will celebrate. And we will think about Jesus' birth and the fact that God came down. But my prayer is that I would think deeply about the fact that the baby who came down and lied in the, laid, lay in the manger was the man who was laid on the cross for me. And the Christmas story is complete when we remember our Saviour came. Not just a baby, our Saviour came. He came for a purpose to die for me so that I might have life. And my prayer is this Christmas we would think deeply about that, that he came to die for me and he rose again. And if you're here today and the Christmas story seems like a great story, that the Saviour of the world would come, but you've never thought about it 
in relation to the Easter story, then this Christmas, my heart's prayer is that you will realise it's one and the same story, that Jesus died and he rose again so that we would have life. And maybe this Christmas might be the first time ever you realise that fact and you ask him, will you be my saviour? I believe in you. I now want to follow you because Christmas and Easter are linked together and Mary thought about these things deeply. The only witness to his birth and his death and she told the story to Luke so that we could know the truth of Christmas. Why don't you stand? We're going to pray. That baby in the manger that first Christmas, he's our saviour. And he's alive today because he was born, died and rose again. And we worship a living saviour. Why don't we pray? Lord, I'm so thankful for that very first Christmas. I'm thankful that Luke, a highly intelligent man, investigated these things carefully and wrote them down so that we would know that these are truth. And I'm glad we can read them today, 2,000 years later, and know that these are fact. And eyewitnesses told Luke the story and he believed them. And so many early Christ many people believed them, became Christians. 2,000 years later, we can read this and know that it happened like this. And Lord, I pray this Christmas that we would think deeply about the Christmas story. That we wouldn't just think about the fun and the, the wonder of it, but we would actually think about the fact that Jesus came for a purpose. And he was laid in the wooden manger so that one day he would be laid on a wooden cross for us. And I pray that we would think deeply about the fact that he's our saviour. And I pray for people here today who've never made that connection, that this Christmas might be the first Christmas where they realise for the very first time that he is their saviour. Lord, we thank you. And I pray for a blessing on everyone here this Christmas. I pray that we would have a time of celebration and relationship and family. I pray for safety for everyone here. I pray that it would be a joyful time. But I would pray that it would be a time where we reflect deeply on who Jesus is and what he's done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.